Okay, g'day Frank, how are you going? Hi, um, I, I'm fine. Uh, we are now uh, one month uh, after the big dogs and uh, it took me a month to to come back. So now I'm, I'm 100% again. <laughs> yeah, good. I understand that uh, you lost your you lost your voice a little bit after bigs as well. Yeah, it started already during, but uh, because I was so enthusiastic. But um, at the end of the event, uh, there was almost nothing anymore. And even five days um, after the race, when I came back in Belgium, I, my voice was still out. And it took me, I think, two weeks to, to get my normal volume again. And now uh, it gets sore very quick. But Ooh. yeah. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and do you reckon that was just because you were like talking a lot or because it was so dusty as well? Yeah, it, there was a lot of dust and um, it was also hot. And I saw also other runners uh, having the same issue, but yeah, not all of them. Like I knew um, one of the Aussies, is it David Parson or? Oh, Rob Parsons, yep. Uh, Rob, yeah, 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 Rob. He told me about it. He thought it was some kind of um, ex exertion asthma. Yeah. And then Brecht from the Belgium team also was coughing a lot. So, uh, yeah, maybe I had some bug or it was like the dust and slowly building up uh, in my lungs yeah. <laughs> after four days. Yeah, yeah. it's normal, maybe. <laughs> and a lot of the runners, they actually like got blood noses like, from... All the dust. Did you get a blood nose as well? Yeah, I forgot that. But uh, indeed, I had uh, some of them. And it was not one time, but uh, yeah, maybe three or four times. Right. And slimes yeah. and yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a problem. Uh, the only thing that needs to work properly are your legs. So yeah. Yeah, you that's... can go on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So how, how long have you been a runner for? Um, so, sorry, can you uh, repeat the question? Yeah, yeah, how long have you been a runner? Like, how long have you been running for? Well, um, I used to run a bit, uh, but since 2010, I run my first marathon. So the, the date was 10, 10, 10, so I could remember it forever. Yeah. And it was more or less because one of my co-workers uh, subscribed uh, first for a 20k of Brussels. And I thought to myself, yeah, if he can do that, I can do it uh, for sure. And during the running together, we, we trained together. He also told me like he already ran a marathon and he uh, did it by reading the book Marathon for Non-Runners. Right. And it was a really good book, uh, 16 chapters. Every chapter was a week. And they divided it with one part physical, one part mental, and one part um, experience from the other people that did it. And they, it was actually a class on the university. And from the 200 uh, students that ever took it, only one of them did not finish the marathon so it was very balanced and it really worked well for me also mm. yeah i saw on your strava your best marathon time is three hours and 12 minutes so was that the time you ran at that first one on the 10 10 10 no no right. i all um i started with a lot more weight and i think it was about 326 
And then after one year, I did another marathon on the same place. And then it was 327. (laughs) And then the year after 328. So that was not good. But then, yeah, um, I because my friends started uh, running faster than me, I, I didn't like that. So I trained harder. And then I got to in Porto, I think I did it, uh, yeah, six years later, uh, 313. Yeah, it, it was nice because it was not a flat short, um, course. So yeah, that was good. But of course, uh, it's not what the other guests here uh, can do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see myself as uh, an average runner. Right. But well, I like it, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, 312 is still a pretty... Like it's a pretty good marathon time, but how long have you? How, how long is your? Um, well, who, actually, who gave you the nickname Frank the Tank? Well, um, after seven years of marathon running, uh, you m- meet a lot of people, and one of the friends of my brother, um, he was an ultra runner, uh, but he was sometimes injured, and but he always came back too soon, uh, too quick for, in in my eyes, and uh, but. Yeah, he liked it. And then on one of the races in uh, Leuven, um, a local town, um, he he was there and he ran to the race, then he ran the race and then he ran back home. So I thought, okay, this this is crazy. And he invited me to his club event, which was or a 35 or a 50K. And I said, yeah, I was uh, playing it safe. 35 is good. But of course, yeah. All the other people did 50, so I had to do 50. And then, yeah, we did it, and it was a lot of fun. And it was so much slower than I thought. So um, I was talking a lot, and and, and the, the other guys in the club, they said, yeah, yeah he will be uh, quiet soon. But after 40 kilometers, it was still the same. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and uh, the guy that invited me later uh, invited me also to his club, and we had a lot of fun there. And, um, yeah, he called me Frank the Tank because um, I only get into, yeah, real action after 80 kilometers. So. Right. <laughs> and um, in that 50K you ran, um, how long ago was that? Was that the f- your first ultra? And Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. That was 2018. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and I understand your first backyard ultra was Legends, wasn't it? Was that last year? And you, and you were the last one standing. Oh. Too. Um, we we have like um, after I did like the ultras, I started doing uh, races in Belgium, but not so much, like two or three races, and every time a bit further, like first a fifty k race, then an eighty k, and then. Because I, I, I loved all the trainings, uh, the year after, um, I um, r- tried to do a 100 miler with the guys of the club, but they were not ready yet mentally. So it was some kind of a slam. So 400 milers, if you do that in one year, like, yeah, it was from September until July. Uh, the Great Escape, then the Bello Gallico, then Legends, and then another one bites the dust. So all the races were at least 100 miles, and they had all yeah other characteristics. The first one is like an A to B race, very good on a, a permanent uh, walking uh, path. That 
so and i said to myself yeah if i can do the first one then i subscribe to the next one and i kept doing it so i took the the first race as a training for the second and then um it went well and the legends that's the third race that's uh 250k of running but that year um it was a special edition so for the people that already did it they uh, had a 500k so only the new guys could do the 250k and we were the new guys so it was all yeah how you call it baby trailers that did the legends and of the 50 people that uh, were subscribed to that race 15 came at the finish and i was i was number four there so i was very glad yeah. fun thing uh, i was even uh doing a sprint at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> for the fifth place i thought but it was for the fourth so that was nice and and the last race is uh called another one by the dust and that's uh, the same format as a backyard only the distance is 300 meters less but right. it yeah you get used to the format and if you do those four races in one year you get a slam and because i got my slam i said after 29 uh laps okay th this was fun and then uh, go home uh, without having yeah no sleep and stuff like that yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think it was on the um, interview that was played during the live stream. Um, you you did say that you really like the Backyard Ultra format because it is fun. So so what do you find um, is most fun about it? Well, the thing is, you see your crew a lot. So in another race, you can see them at the checkpoints. But, yeah, that's after 20K or 40K or even uh, less and uh also um you can run with the fastest guys and the slowest ones yeah. also the average ones of course so you can meet the whole um all, all the other racers which is nice for me uh, i like to talk a lot and I, I also like to to make fun so yeah that's nice and um also the the people if, if you come back every hour then you you have like support every hour so if you make a mistake after one hour you can fix that like i one one of the laps i forgot to bring my lamp but it was not a problem because there were still a lot of people and i could chase them it was not easy because there were a lot of runners that run without a lamp <laughs> but okay I, I yeah i managed and then um but the next lap, I take my lamp and everything is fixed or my shoes hurt. Uh, next uh, lap, another pair of shoes instead of 40K further and my soles, uh, yeah. Yeah, Kaputski, <laughs> sorry, <Yeah. laughs> broken. <laughs> so, so I also heard you say that, um, that the way you trained, um, you do things hard, but you make them fun. So what type of training did you do and how did you make that training, um, that hard training you did fun? Well, from the moment that you do something not alone or with a goal, then you make the hard thing already easier. Because yeah. if you see the purpose, then it's easier. So if you want to do like uh, interval sessions and you have like check boxes to check, yeah 
to be able to check those boxes, it's already more fun, and then you do the, the hard work. But uh, how I do it is um, with uh, a good plan. So I, I made sure that I prepared for almost everything that could, yeah, that, that I could need. And the fun thing was um, I made backyards in my own town, uh, in, the, in the forest in my own town. Um, to to know how how does it feel 150 meters of elevation every hour and the good thing was my own forest had the same kind of um, terrain as in Biggs. so I was prepared for that kind of rocky and yeah muddy if if it's raining but yeah it was really good mm. um, then another thing of the hard training is yeah you do need to do hills but I do the hills um, in my own club. So after a while, I, I, I left uh, my first club and I made a new uh, running club. And it's uh, together with Merijn Geerts. I think you know him. <laughs> he was already here. Okay. So it's one of my best buddies. And uh, we have like a club. And the only thing that we do is running on a Tuesday together. And we do hill, hill repeats. And it's called D plus Dinsdag in Dutch. But uh, if you want to translate it, it's something uh, LT Tuesday. So altitude on a Tuesday. Yeah. And we, we do like different kind of terrains, but always hilly. Because uh, in Belgium, it's not like you are in the mountains. But if we find a hill of 15 meters, yeah, it's good enough. You can repeat there and then you can prepare everything you need, even for the big mountains. Of course, it is not the same, but we manage with what we have. And um, doing things like that, it is fun and it helps to, to get there. Yeah, sure. And I understand that because Biggs was such a big race, like you travel overseas, like probably the, it would have been the biggest race you'd ever done. Um, I understand you did lift up, increase the amount of training you were doing leading up to bigs i think you said you were doing um over 200 kilometer weeks for example yeah that's maybe a bit too much right. <laughs> no I, I did uh i was already training well but i trained 20 percent more miles yeah. every week um then what i also did was um yeah the day plus dinsdag the altitude day so that was like every week i did my altitude then i also did 100 push-ups uh, a day then I started going to a physiotherapist to uh, to make sure that my muscles of my legs were strong enough. And uh, yeah, that really helped me also. I did run streak, so no resting, so that my body was adapted for the long time on my feet uh, without having real rest. Um, the only thing that I don't train is, is sleep deprivation because yeah, if you train so hard, um, your body needs to recover. And, uh, if you don't give it sleep, yeah, that's not good. The yeah. sleep deprivation part of it is something I trained in other races. So yeah. I only train it during the races and the good thing about it, uh, it's one of my strong points. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the 100 push-ups a day. Did those yeah. 100 push-ups a day, did they actually help with your running or was it just more of like a, a discipline type of training? Yeah, discipline, that's one thing. So making just that I can say it, I do it every day, that's something. Sometimes it's not fun because uh, five minutes before I sleep, 
I, I said, oh no, I didn't do them. And then, yeah, I have a problem, but okay. <laughs> it's not, yeah, if you do the next day, 50 more so that you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but also, uh, it's it's good for um, the strength in your body and your core. Mm. So yeah, it, it really helps. Yeah. Did um, and are you still doing a hundred push-ups a day now, or now Biggs is finished? Yes, I, I do it again. Um, that was the first thing I restarted after my breakdown of the big dogs. Yeah. Um, it really hurt. The it was after. I think two weeks and it really hurt myself because uh, my body ate all my muscles. So it was, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. I, I lost eight kilograms and a lot of it was by eating my muscles and not my fat. <laughs> right, yeah. um, so you lost eight kilograms after bigs just from that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I weigh myself before I fly to uh, America and then I weigh myself after America, and then it was minus six, but the, the night after it was minus eight. But right. it, I was also sick, so yeah, that's maybe also a reason, and your body keeps burning after the race, but it was already almost a week, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and all this extra work you were doing, all like the 100 push-ups a day and stuff, did you actually like um, notice a difference in your body? Did you just start getting like more muscly? Well, uh, I saw that my um, calves were more, yeah, there, <laughs> present. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was only after, like, eight weeks, I, st I al always was feeling a bit more tired and sore. But I knew, like, okay, I run already so many years, and I never feel sore, so it must help me. Hmm. And then suddenly the last month before Bix, it's all started to work they people uh started saying yeah uh, frank uh, you're going a bit faster it was hard to follow you and i didn't feel it but it was yeah it was there i was 100 percent prepared yeah also mentally so i was already training yeah maybe two years in my head like i want to get there yeah. And then um, by winning the Legends Backyard, I was suddenly in the Belgium team. And I was already thinking about ah, ah, big dogs, big dogs. But uh, then, yeah, with the Belgium team, um, it was amazing. Uh, Marijn and Ivo were so crazy good. Yeah. And I managed to do their 67 laps. And I quit for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I was just fed up with it. Like, oh, I, I want to run with people. Oh, I feel so uh, lonely. Uh, let's stop. Let's stop. But yeah, that's not a good thing. Um, if you are there and you want to go far, it, it is not all only fun. So there's also a hard part about it. But okay, I learned from it. And uh, 67 was good enough for big so i knew that already like 67 would be good enough it was not 100 percent sure but okay and then um so in one year i knew probably i'm gonna go to bigs i did another backyard and that's i call it with doctor backyard so in my um in our club, D plus Dinsdag, there, there is a guy, a professor, um, and he was uh, doing uh, studies um, with, um, yeah, runners, yeah, sporters. And um, we organized a backyard 
no, sorry. The, <laughs> we did the Legends Backyard, and I, I um, explained to the organizer, which is Tim, hey, Tim, is it okay if um, Kevin De Pau, uh, he's a doctor at the VUB Brussels uh, in the university, can he come and do some tests for the runners? So instead of just uh, testing before and after, we, we selected 10 elite backyard runners with Marijn, with me, with Kevin, with Brecht, uh, all those guys uh, from the Belgium team almost. Uh, and and we, we were checked up front during the race and after on um, intestine stuff, uh, mental skills, um, eating, um, heart rate, um, lactate, yeah, all these kind of things. And every um, four uh, rounds you did the same thing but yeah so it switched every hour and every hour you did something different but after four hours it was the same thing again yeah. that thing was really exciting but it also took a bit of my yeah rest time yeah and uh, yeah you lose like one or two minutes every hour so yeah it, it didn't work for my system and then after f f 52 laps i collapsed so and it was because I didn't have enough rest. Then I didn't have enough time to eat, and because I didn't eat, my energy level was too low, and then also my positive mindset was gone, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I didn't eat, and blah. <laughs> and yeah, um, and so that I took, I I made sure okay, uh, Gerald, who is my crew, make sure that I eat enough for in bigs and that's yeah I, I really learned from that yeah sure and and yeah. the testings that, that they were doing on your body as well did they teach you or um did you learn anything from what they were testing you on um they were they just said like um we are gonna observe everything because it's so new for them yeah. Um, and they would write um, new um, papers about it. And one of the first paper is now, yeah, in, yeah, how you call it, um, in the pipeline. So after four or five months, it will be published somewhere in the books. And, and we are very glad to help with them. But yeah, it's for the moment, it's still some kind of secret, uh, what, yeah. what you could learn from it. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> there, there was one, there was one thing, um, th those guys, they were working with the same team as the sub two marathon. Okay. And, and he gave some kind of remark about heart heart rate. And then he could check and he saw that. He saw that and, and now he will use it in his uh, article. Right. But yeah, I, I will not say what it exactly is, but it was like, okay, um, it, you don't see it right away, but suddenly only the elite don't have it. And the, the, um, the base runners, the, the normal backyard runners, they have it. <laughs> Right. Okay. So yeah. you could then use it well if you if you measure it and you suddenly see that so okay maybe you need to yeah adapt some stuff because otherwise yeah you're going down. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um so when you went to Biggs, um or had you been to America before or was it the first time? No. Oh, first been... time, yes. Yeah, yeah. And how how when did you get there? Like um 
Did you get there a few on the weeks? Wednesday? Well, but just the, just a few days before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was hard. <laughs> yeah. like, it was fun, but uh, yeah, the the sleeping was not well. Yeah, so it was hard to to sleep well. And after the third night, I slept the best of the three nights. So that was good. So I kind of started fresh. <laughs> yes. But yeah, if it was in Belgium, it would have been easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so were you sleeping between loops at night on the first and second nights, or did the sleeping only really start kicking in on the third night? Um, <clears throat> I think I I didn't sleep the first night, but I'm not sure because, um, yeah, Gerald didn't write it down on, on the notes um, mm. when I exactly slept. But yeah, I am not a fast runner. I didn't have a lot of time. So I don't think that I slept the first night. But from the second night on, I started sleeping. If, if I did a fast run uh, lap uh, in the night, I tried and uh, most of the time when I tried, I, I really slept. So that was good. So if I, even if it's two or three minutes, it helps. Yeah. Even sure. if you close your eyes and you don't, you don't sleep, it helps. Yeah. So I at least be with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you did mention that you enjoy um, the social aspect and talking to different runners and stuff like that. And I know that like the Belgian team are, a really uh, close team, which is good. But did you talk to many of, did you make a lot of friends out there with the other runners from the other countries and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I talked with Ihor. Uh, we were like uh, previous record uh, buddies. Yeah. <laughs> he had the same uh, previous record as me. And uh, uh, I was amazed by how their backyard um, was. Like if you have, um, a, a hard course like in bigs and you still manage to do 67 laps that's hard because they didn't have a night loop whoa and then they had bears yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. crazy crazy <laughs> so that was nice to talk to him um i also talked to um the russian guy uh, oh sorry sorry the polish guy <laughs> Yeah. Um, and he was also very friendly, but he had problems with the sleeping. And then I gave him some uh, tips and tricks how he could try to sleepwalk. And um, I, I took him with his arm and I said, yeah, close your eyes, try to sleep. And I walk you uh, on the street further. <laughs> <laughs> so it helped a bit. But after a while, yeah, yeah, it was maybe a bit too hard. But those guys, they were a bit too fast to me in the night. So I could don't do it only a few laps um i talked a lot with scott schnell and um levy yoder the american guys oh, uh, yeah. scott you know yeah because he was already on your podcast uh, really nice guy and i i read everything what he was posting up front because um his way of training i relate to it a lot he has also like four kids and still managed to run so so much and and making sure that everything, yeah, still is uh, working. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And it, it looked like, okay, with his previous records, he was like a bit the same as me. So I, I thought, okay, maybe that's the American tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you, so you mentioned like um, how the Canadians had a bear on their course. 
Um, I actually looked into um, what animals are in Belgium, and it said there were wolves in Belgium. So do you ever see... Uh, there is one wolf or two wolves. Yeah, so <laughs> don't uh, be afraid of the wolves in Belgium. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, you, you see cows next to the road. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, okay, so the trail um, at Biggs, a lot of runners said it was hard and it looked hard too did, i mean and it looked like on the live stream it did you did have a lot of scratches on your legs and things like that so um i think every runner runner, runner fell on the trail did you fall on the trail too yeah even the first five hours i fall fell already a few times um it is not like um when we first saw it we saw okay they say it's hard, but it is doable. Nothing that we don't see in Belgium, uh, all the races we do, they are at least the same kind of hardness. Yeah. But the thing was, it was just tricky. If you move your eyes from the ground one minute, yeah, you, you will lay down. It was like that. So there were always, yeah, small rocks and, and uh, the, the, the trees and yeah, yeah. So all this kind of stuff, I fell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. yeah um now i don't know if you heard laz talk about the trail but he said to a lot of runners that um the netherlands is a good place to train for the bigs trail and i know belgium's next to the netherlands so have you ever been there I, oh yeah but um he, he's maybe right the netherlands is a good uh terrain why is it it's flat so you can run a lot also the weather conditions are are nice so it's never very cold never very hot never very rainy and stuff like that so that's good also all the roads are fine so they are safe if you go for a run you can survive uh if you go into the woods there are no wolves or i don't know kangaroos that beat you up um all this kind of it is just safe to run there and it's yeah the weather is fine also you have like different kind of terrains which is also nice and but there are a lot of ultra runners from holland um netherlands that come to belgium because in belgium the hills start they they have like a flatland and from belgium there, there there is a part of belgium the southern part where there are a lot of hills and, and we have to travel for like one hour or one hour 30 and then we have like hills until yeah 600 meters high something like that, that that's the maximum of belgium but if you have a hill of 100 meter up and down yeah that's that's good training and in belgium we have like also all kinds of terrains we have coastal we have rocky we have um grasslands we have woods uh, different kinds of them so yeah it's good to train in this uh, part of europe let's say that <laughs> yeah yeah it looks nice yeah yeah it it started, it, has it started snowing there now because i saw you posted some yeah. photos in this you made a snowman and no, I, I didn't make it uh <laughs> <laughs> it was other guys work but um yeah uh it was the first uh week of snow in belgium but only in that part of belgium and uh today uh, i took a day off uh, with my wife and my friends and uh we yeah it was nice we did a, a, a hike of 20k so yeah really nice day mm. 
So it sounds like um, the training you did leading into bigs is a big reason for your improvement, like a big PB. Um, but did you go into the race with any other new strategies or any new plan or a different mindset that you think made a big difference as well? Well, I think indeed um, physical, I, I trained harder than before. Um, it It was decent, like... Okay, I will end this year 6,000 kilometers, I think, or a bit less. But that was that's almost 20% more than last year, which was already my best year. So running-wise, I did my best, the physio. But also, I read some books um, with winning in mind. is a very good book. And The New Toughness in Sports is also a very good book. So there, from those books, I tried to find some concepts that really helped me. Like you don't die in a chair, even if you don't, um, yeah, want to run anymore. You at least try, and and you fail that lap instead of not trying, and that way you can still, yeah, do two, three more. Yeah. But um, what I, um, the thing was, it was the race of my life because I only won like one race in my life. I never been on a podium, and. I selected myself for the world championship. So yeah, that's that's just crazy. So I was very honored to be there and I made sure that I would be ready. Like ready, ready, ready. <laughs> so physical I was there and then I also um mentally I had some tricks. So I took everything from those books, from the podcast. I yeah, the experience from the other runners. If you hear about it, yeah, you can steal their ideas and not everything will work, but you check, okay, that, that might work and that might work. Then you have the D plus Dinsdag, my running club, all seasoned runners, all good ideas. I can run with Meran. I can ask him questions. I can see what he's busy with. Um, and then I had my mindset like, okay, my that race, I quit because my motivation was eventually done. And I, I was afraid to run alone. So what can you do about that one? Good music. Make sure that you have like music or you're prepared to run alone and you don't care because you do are doing the race of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was really important for me. And and also Maran told me about like how how do you make uh, sure that you can run long, Maran? I asked him and then he, he said to me, Yeah, in the beginning I just keep on running, but at the end you feel like you are with the last guys and, and you are with all those good guys running. That is enough to motivate me already. And yeah, it was like that. Um, I was a machine <laughs> and I kept running. So my motivation was there. Uh, I had also prepared a lot of pages with motivation, like all positive things, um, all the people that inspired me, all races that were fun. I had pictures of, of uh, nice places on holiday or, or places I reached, uh, all my records were there. Um, I had also uh, a disaster sheet. So everything that could go wrong, I wrote it down and then a solution. So you don't eat enough, yeah, eat food <laughs> <laughs> or make sure to to, to eat um, yeah, tasty stuff or, or try more salty, yeah, things like that. Yeah. And, and 
all these all these things together made sure that i knew why i was running there it was for the people for the because i love to run and because i left love to train and because i'm there at the world championship and i would try to beat myself and not just say okay i did 67 last time now i gonna go for 69 no 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 i only quit when i can't run anymore and that was my mantra and it yeah i can i cannot describe how easy it felt for me yeah it is crazy maybe if you see back to the footage i tried to uh, make fun the whole time maybe you don't see it all the time but in my head i was <laughs> having a lot of fun <laughs> yeah yeah well it looks like you were having a lot of fun the um you mentioned music what type of music do you like listening to um well there is a i i listen to rock punk and pop <laughs> Right. <laughs> because yeah my spotify just told me and uh, one of the the groups is noah vix and uh, i just uh found yeah i never listened to them i knew the offspring and stuff like that but noah vix yeah i just yeah found them out and now they are my favorite um artist uh, spotify told me yeah <laughs> i listened i was the in the 0.02 percent of uh, most listeners uh yeah so <laughs> i'm one of their uh, biggest fans now yeah. <laughs> and you did say that um it was easy out there for a long time you're having so much fun but physically, was there a time when the race started to really get hard physically, like you were just hurting all over? Well, no. Really? <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. My body was, so it is because my mindset is try to be positive. If I see something negative, I always try to find a solution fast so it doesn't give me stress and also the emotions you have like good and bad emotions if your bad emotions try to fix them as soon as possible because in another race the emotions took me down also mm -hmm. and that way because i thought and that self-talk was positive and everything and I, I i was in the zone and i made sure that there were no big problems because if you have like a small problem and you don't handle it it becomes a bigger and a bigger problem and then it will tangle with another problem and eventually you will break down so my crew knew that they were really good i knew that so i was also making sure okay don't think too much at home because then you will uh, get sad uh, make sure to think about this round make sure to eat well and because of that i felt really strong i was also in the shape of, of my life of course and because i in belgium also run a lot at my work which is the normal roads the nights were not hard for me it was like just easier and yeah it's not a problem that it was not on trail terrain and uh, because i do always the elevation in the week every week also during the day the elevation was not bothering me until day four yeah. <laughs> so yeah. from day four it 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 was more like i get a bit more tired but i didn't have pain in my legs for 97 hours Wow. which was crazy until yeah. round 98 
then I made a click and the pain was there. Right. <laughs> so suddenly no yeah. energy more, no more power and pain in my feet everywhere. But before it was like my, my uh, brain did not allow it. Wow. And it was easy for me until then. Yeah. Um, was there any stage in the 90s when you started thinking ahead and thinking to yourself, oh, gee, I'm getting close to 100 here? Or were you staying one loop at a time? Um, the thinking ahead is one of the most dangerous things that you can do during a backyard. Yeah. And um, okay. the fortnight, I, I was indeed thinking a bit ahead, which you shouldn't do. But of course, yeah, we are still human. Yeah. <laughs> and I was talking uh, with um, the, the Polish guy and with Ihor, like, do you think that we will break the world record with more than two people? Yeah. <laughs> because it was like, yeah, it, we were still with eight people or, or with 10 and yeah. And everybody looked so strong. So that was why I almost knew that the world record would be broken there. And also that it would be not with two, but with four or five, I thought, but yeah, it was not yeah. the case of <laughs> course. And, um, yeah i i looked a bit further but yeah that night that was like a rock and roll night it was like the most crazy night i ever had in the backyard or in my life and that night it's not because i don't feel things in my legs that everything was fine of course uh, yeah. <laughs> my my sleeping i i did not a lot of sleeping i had only uh, the rest was only two hours 50 the first night, then the second night, one hour 60. And then the two last nights, it was one hour 20 and one hour and 10. So I think from the whole last 10 uh, runners, I had like one of the yeah le least uh, rest in the night. Mm. And during the day, it was even worse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, w I was the, I, I um, ended number eight in the world, which was really good. But also my time was the eighth slowest one of them all. So I, I really managed my rest really well. Yeah. But in the fortnight, yeah, it all came together and made it a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I, I can say what, what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do so, you, yeah. So do you, do you think if the um, if the if you stayed on the road, you would have made it to a hundred? Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Allez, easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because of um, the the day course was harder. Like you need you could trick uh, and f fall a lot but yeah. also the elevation was harder and then you had uh, the heat the heat uh -huh. that was the only thing that we didn't expect that it it would be so hot yeah. and i i had a lot of drinking together with uh, on my body but still and that was the thing that broke me the and the elevation and already it was hot in the morning so yeah that it, took me it down. looked like the nights it looked like the nights were quite warm as well especially um later the later nights it didn't look like it got very cold 
Yeah, it was okay. It, I think the coldest was eight degrees in Celsius. So yeah, there were people running around uh, almost naked. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you remember on the ninety eighth loop when you were walking back to camp when you timed out, um, and the cameraman was following you, um, and you stopped and you started talking about the tree stump. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah yeah the thing is i didn't know the word oh. <laughs> but the thing is uh, i was there and i was already telling him stuff in dutch but yeah i forgot that he was french <laughs> and then suddenly i saw this beautiful tree and i saw this that face in the tree right. and i wanted to tell him and then i said oh yeah but i don't know how how to say that and i i said look a strong and <laughs> That's just the Dutch name of, of what was there. And uh, a stump, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> and yeah, and then, then I thought, okay, he will not see that face. I will go further. <laughs> <laughs> so, so were you hallucinating a little bit towards the end? Um, yeah, already from night two, I saw things in the trees, but it was like all happy hallucinations. It was all based on real visual cues so if there yeah the trees had a certain form then i saw a nose in it or something else but it was not bad i i knew it was yeah a tree but yeah. i saw there a dragon or <laughs> a witch <Right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so you weren't seeing things like on the on the road for example that weren't really there. oh yeah oh you were uh, uh yeah and no there were like special signs of the aztec people i thought like all mandalas and stuff like that on the road and everywhere but it turned out it were just uh, piss stains uh, of the runners they were oh. peeing while they were running and they made really nice forms uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um when you um finished um do you remember who you thought would end up being the last one standing well i hoped at that time it was Marijn, of course because we a belgium team we are, we support each other and he's really my friend also uh when he um stopped um i think i was uh still rooting for or bartos the polish guy because i run a bit with him and also ihor um and yeah also um harvey i really liked him because uh, up front uh, i i knew already who he was but i think i had a better click with the other runners because harvey was um he had like a strategy to to make sure that he would win and uh yeah i really saw some of his tricks uh yeah. but it is okay yeah everybody can play the game but of course i felt more than connected to the guys that didn't do this kind of yeah place <laughs> yeah. yeah um now I, I heard you also say leading into the race you got you stopped drinking alcohol to make sure you're in the best shape ah, yeah. for the race yeah. Um, did you have a drink afterwards to celebrate your performance? Uh, no, because I was sick. Yeah, right. I was sick. And then uh, I came back in Belgium. I still had fever and I, I had the bronch bronchitis, they, they told me. I don't know if it's the same in English. Uh, so I need to take uh, antibiotics. And then, yeah, only 
three weeks later, I drank alcohol again. <laughs> right, okay. And, and how yeah. long did you stop drinking alcohol for leading into this? Uh, it was during my, yeah, we went to Greece uh, with the family and friends. And after that, um, yeah, that vacation, I stopped. And that was end of July. So August, September, and then October was alcohol-free. Yeah. And, um, and how long did you stay in the US for till you went back home to Belgium? Um, I think I was in the US for 10 days. Like uh, oh. Wednesday, we came there and Saturday, the next week, we, we fl flew back. I see. Yeah. And the way you train... Because, because we prepared to run for 150 hours. And that right. was on a Friday, so then you need to be able to fly back. So that's only the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the way you trained leading into bigs, um, you stepped it up a level, like you said, and you got the, the best result you've ever had. So are you going to train the same kind of way for all your backyard ultras like you did from uh, now on? I will do it for sure in two years uh, because that will also uh, be when, yeah, if if you're all in, you do this kind of things and you cannot do it all the time because if you do it all the time, it's not special anymore. Yeah. I will make sure that I take some of it and I have also the experience because every time you do a race, you, you learn new things. And I now know what I need to do in night four uh, yeah. <laughs> because Bigs was also the hardest race um, with the um, the elevation and the, the gnarly terrain. It was yeah. really the hardest backyard. Also, Marijn told me he did it in Rettert in Belgium and and now here uh, in Big Dogs. And he, he told me, yeah, it's it's really amazing how hard it is. And still we managed to do like he did like 100 again and he already did 101. Mm. Um, yeah, we are ready to do it again later. That's for sure. But will I do it exactly the same? I don't think so. Yes. <laughs> the things that I, I will do differently later is uh, my Fortnite. Like I am, I am um, going in a flow most of the time, but I will make a bit, bit more structure in the last nights. Like, okay, make sure that every so many laps, I do a fast one to sleep. And not, yeah, I'm not like Phil Gore that can do it every every lap, but I can yeah run harder because I, I didn't feel pain in my leg, so I should run harder. But yeah, I don't like discomfort, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do it. yeah. Um, and, and you did mention Harvey Lewis before, but what what did you take away from Harvey Lewis's performance that you think made made him so good? um i i think why he's now so good is because he has so much experience he was already on a he had already a world record uh he he knew the terrain very good he does a lot of other races too he's he's living in america so it's his home terrain um he prepared really well for it he was also playing the game really good. He teamed up with other guys, uh, um, with John Noll a lot, and also with 
Ivo from Belgium and Matja. So he was making some kind of, how you call it, a friends group uh, of runners. And he was the leader and they were his school kids. And then he was giving, uh, he was saying what they needed to do. Now we're going to walk. Now we're going to run. Now we're going to run in a line and things like that. So he made it fun. So the boring nights were more fun. And that really helped him for sure. Uh, for for me, I tried it, but yeah, it yeah, I fell a bit out of the boat there. But uh, I think that's also so, something very good to make sure that your nights are good. And I think that also he was also not so so fast. So um, he really used his resting time good. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's the experience with being able to use the you don't have a lot of time, but use it very well. And then it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're afraid of it to have uh, so less time, then you, the negative energy will cost you more than yeah what you actually lose. Yeah, sure. Were you there at the course um, when the race ended, like to see him win or had you, did you go back and have a shower and go to sleep and stuff? Um, yeah, we saw, um, we didn't saw him winning. Like it was the only two guys still running and they looked so strong and we were so tired. So we needed to go home. I was like, yeah, I was exhausted. Uh, didn't have like any energy left. Yeah. yeah. Um, so later, well, I guess it's next year in October is the set champs. Will you, the plan is you'll be running for Belgium. Yes, yes. Um, I will do only um, three races next year. Um, it is like um, the Legends because that's yeah my favorite race. Uh, it's in Belgium. It's in the Ardennes uh, with a lot of elevation, 10,000 meters up and down. You start on a Friday and on a Monday. It's really fun. And then I will do Retter, the race of the champions or the masters. No, no, the Masters Race of the Champions, it is called. So it is some kind of invite only from Alex Hall. Hi. And um, yeah, last year, Moran ran there 90 laps. Um, and then he had the world record. And it's also 100 meters of elevation every loop. So it's pretty hard. Mm. And yeah, together with my running buddy, Bramal Fleet, uh, we, we will go there and maybe also Maran. I hope so. So uh, that it's, yeah, it will be fun and also a good experience with elevation again. So yeah, that's what I, I need to have extra experience in. Yeah. So, so, really so, like so next year there'll be three races and two of them will be backyard ultras. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good, very good. Um, so you, you were so close to um, breaking 100 at Biggs. Now you've got so close. Is that a goal now? Because, I mean, we know you can do it. Are you, you going to make that a, a goal? Um, I don't see it like the 100 is the goal because um, I, I know that I can do it if, it's e uh, if the terrain is easier. And if, if also the people around me are fun, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not just me. Yeah. It's, it's, you run it with all those, uh, other people and 
if the circumstances are right, I think I will be able to do it one time, but I will not do that like two times uh, a year because that's exhaust my body so much. Uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. <laughs> The last night, um, yeah, maybe I, I need to tell you that. So I, I didn't have a lot of problems with sleepwalking. Like the others were, were complaining, yeah, I fall asleep while running. No, I don't have a problem with it. But suddenly night four, I wake up, last runner, and I didn't see, yeah, I didn't know anymore which race I was running. I just watched on my watch and i said okay this is a big race and i see i'm too slow because i knew it uh, the, yeah the pace needed to be faster than nine minutes a kilometer yeah. and it was like 905 so i knew i was too slow but i didn't know the direction so i started running yeah in that direction then it didn't go down and then okay maybe i try in the other direction but then i thought okay your pace doesn't know which direction you are going as you are running it goes faster so yeah that was stupid of me so i thought oh yeah maybe the first uh, direction and then i went on and um, i think i made it with two or three minutes and then instead of going to my crew i just walked to the race organi organizers and i said hey guys which race is this uh yeah this is fun <laughs> <laughs> and then my crew Gail took me I come here thank you what are you doing and they uh yeah then they, they did a really fast pit stop and they they asked hey Maren, uh Frank doesn't know uh, what country is uh, in May can you make sure that he's going the right direction oh no problem no problem but Maren, he was also a bit tired at that time so he, he was really yeah Frank it's that direction and if you see that then you need to come back Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we went on and after one kilometer, I see him again because he was planning to run fast. But yeah, I don't run fast in the night, but I, I, I got him and I said, Marianne, are you angry with me? I said, no, 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 I'm just tired. <laughs> and then we run together and then we had a fast lap and I could sleep again so that I made the other night loop. So it, it really helped me to run with Marianne and yeah was really awesome that's yeah <laughs> and yeah. yeah and crazy <laughs> well it, it's lucky you chose to run in the the right direction when you when you had yeah. to do the direction that's uh instincts <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so you'll be aiming to be back at bigs in 2025 then yeah 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 and i think with 97 laps i will be there yeah i think so yeah that should get you in yeah <clears throat> um so what would your three tips be for people to do well at a backyard ultra yeah one of the things is don't eat yellow snow <laughs> <laughs> no that was something i learned today right. um yeah i think one of the thing is um don't think about the future make sure that you do it lap by lap if you start calculating you and you are tired you will overestimate things and you will make it too easy or too hard for yourself just stay here and then see you can make like goals for the next so many hours so okay i will 
run until I have my breakfast or these things like divide the, the days in, in chunks, but don't put it as an end point. Just say, okay, now uh, this lap and then this lap, but also, yeah, you can see, oh, then the light will be there. So that's something the looking in the future is not the good. Also, um, goal-wise, know why you are running and make sure you have a clear goal. What helped me was um, last time I, I quit because I didn't know why, why am I still running. I, I love to run with people and I'm here alone. But I also needed to, to know that my goal is also what are your limits? So I want to find my current limit. Right now it was 97 for sure. <laughs> and, and it's only your weakest point that will make sure that, that you break down. And from the moment that weak point yeah, can see light, it, it, it's done. From the moment I, I gave my brain some space to, to think about quitting, what? 98 it was there and that's why yeah positive self-talk it really helps to keep your mind where it needs to be mm. uh managing everything and 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 all these kind of things that that can go wrong make sure that you check them food sleep um cold um your feet all this uh, yeah scraping yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah so that, that's really important. And the last thing is um, try to make fun. Um, try, if you just want to race and, and go over finish line, it's not worth it. Make sure that you really enjoy the training towards it. And, and also the first hours of a backyard, you see so many people and yeah, you, you can learn so many things from them. So make sure that you enjoy the process and not the end goal. So yeah. that, that's something I want to yeah say to the people. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, I've got to say that um, watching the live stream, you were one of the uh, most entertaining runners to watch at Biggs. It was so much fun watching the whole race but yeah i had it was really good watching you and because especially like you said you weren't running your laps fast but you just kept going and going and going and it was a it was a really great performance and it was definitely something that i think a lot of people can learn from because it really showed you don't need to run your loops fast as long as you get back in time you can go out for another one yeah, I have like statistics uh, because there is like a, a really good uh, Instagram account about all the statistics and I learned from it and I, I copied all these kind of formulas. So uh, and I made it myself and then I run down like, OK, how many laps um, I did uh, faster than the, that I have more than 10 minutes rest, how many I have between 50 and 55 and how many I only have like five minutes, less than five minutes. And it was like brutal. Yeah. <laughs> laps with, uh, with less than five minutes rest, I have 45. Wow. So in a normal backyard, you would say, okay, laps with this kind of amount, yeah, they, they quit in five laps for yeah. sure. But if you have like the mindset, it doesn't matter as long as I, I'm in the game, I try, 
then you can go far. And um, and I had like the, the most amazing crew, like the Belgium crew, it was like a Formula One team for runners. Uh, it was like, it was their job. Uh, but we are amateurs, but it looked like they were pros. So it was amazing before, during and after the race, they treated us like they're running babies. So <laughs> we are very glad. And, and I'm also, I have to say, uh, I want to thank Gerald. He's my crew. Uh, he, yeah, he, he left his family for me so long. Yeah, it was amazing. So thank you, Gerald. Uh, you are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Great. great. And now I see you do a bit, you you do a bit of podcasting. Like, do you host a podcast over there? Oh uh, no, no, no. Um, there is like um, a local podcast. Um, it's called the Jogging Club. Uh, it, it's um, in Leuven, but they have a lot of listeners and they have really nice guests. And we were one of the guests. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, very good. But it wasn't, it's not in English, is it? So, no, it's in Dutch. So, if you yeah. want to learn Dutch, it's very good. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if you have like, it, it was really uh, entertaining. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you have like some kind of automatic translator, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because uh, Marijn is also talking uh, at me. And yeah, we, we, we try to give all the lessons that we learned. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. It was yeah. fun. We we listened to it today in the car to to the hike. So uh, my wife was also very glad with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, we've been messaging each other for a little while now. I think we first messaged each other about six or seven months ago. So I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you've um, we've been able to organise for you to finally come on the podcast. It's been really good. Yeah. Really nice talking to you, man. Yeah, yeah, you too. Um, well, all the best with um, with all your future races at the Sat Champs and the Race of Champions. And it's December now, so um, Merry Christmas as well. Thanks. You too. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. For you, it's summer. Yeah, it's starting to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I hope uh, for next year that you beat your PR and make the uh, Aussie team eh? because the Aussies are awesome. Yeah, thanks. I, I, it's definitely something I want to do. The, the Australian team is a, a strong team. Um, yeah. so it's, a, it's a good thing to aim for because, because they're so strong, it means I'll be aiming high and getting it. It's a good way to beat my PR, that's for sure. I will see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also, I wanted to say that, like, don't put a number in your head because otherwise I would have quit also on 70 or 80. It's like, I just keep on running. And that is the reason I had like 30 more than last time. And yeah. Ihor did even, yeah, crazier. Uh, he made it almost, yeah, 107, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy, but doable. Um, in Belgium, it would be easy. Uh, easier to do it with that um that field of runners yeah in belgium they would go 120 something like that because it is easier but then the nights are harder because it's on the same kind of terrain and it's also a bit tricky but not as tricky as the day terrain uh at big so yeah yeah sure yeah. And, and the thing with um Ehor as well is he looked so good like even in the hundreds, yeah. they, like the he was so smooth, like he's 
the way he ran. Yeah, I'm jealous there because um, they they told me I was not looking so good anymore at the end. <laughs> a running corpse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good. My feet look better. Oh, really? Yeah. Did, um, have you watched much of the live stream back? Um, no, but I, I still plan to do it because I know there's interesting stuff like when uh, Evo stopped, that was also like uh, real drama. And and also, yeah, all all the Belgian guys had like nice stories. Yeah, we, I didn't share that, but yeah, they are also so much. I, I want to see like all their lost runs yeah. And, and yeah, to see what happens. And also there were some interviews with me. I want to find that back because I, I'm interesting what I said. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, very good. Well, look, um, thanks for um coming on the podcast, Frank. I, I've I've loved it. Ah, oh, yeah, me too. Thank you. And yeah. now I have finally something I can give to my coworkers be because they are all English, and now oh. they can understand what I'm going through. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Well, um, thanks again, Frank. We'll keep in touch, and um, yeah, have a good night. Yeah, thanks. Uh, enjoy your day. Yeah, I will. Thanks, Frank. Bye-bye. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.